0: Welcome to Noble Warrior Life with C.K. Lin. And I have my friend Dan Sefko here with us. I'm really excited to have him here with us. I've known Dan since, what, 2008? And he's a serial entrepreneur. He's a speaker. He is a, uh, well, we can go over many accomplishments that you have done in the past why I invited you, my friend, to be on the show, because you are someone that I admire from afar. Your sense of humor, who you are as a man, who you are as a father, who you are as an entrepreneur. Just every time I engage with you, I really feel your sincerity to make a difference in the world. So welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being here.
1: Thanks, CK. And it's good to see you again. The feeling is mutual. I think we have a lot of things in common with regards to just being students of human potential. And yeah. we're always trying to crowdsource something, experimenting with a little bit of uh, positive social engineering.
0: Yeah. So you have many different professions, careers in the past. I think given a time right now, in my mind, the coronavirus phenomenon, essentially you're compressing all of the different transitions all at the same time in life, economically, parentally, relationally, financially, career-wise, just health-wise, all kinds of different transitions all at the same time. So why don't we actually go a little bit back just so that people have an idea of of a vast amount of experiences you have, then we can go into what it actually takes to develop that agility, that resilience, that grit to go through different transitions.
1: All right. Hmm. So I'll begin my story with uh, my career path. About 20, 25 years uh, in marketing, but always excelling as what they call an entrepreneur. So I was always inventing things within my with, within my work. I was lucky to work for a, a marketing company that encouraged that for 13 years, but always uh, really wanting to be an entrepreneur. And about 2005, 2006, I made that leap And I became a promotional products distributor. I was just putting logos on caps and mugs and pens and things like that. But knowing that that was just my transition out because my company that I worked for actually hired me to be their promotional products person. So it represented an easy transition Mm. and uh, I could have a revenue stream. But knowing, also knowing in the back of my mind, that's going to lead to the next thing. And the next thing was really interesting because I started I started offering MP three players to my clients. They just started appearing That's right.
0: I remember yeah. That's right.
1: Peak potential, right? Well, yeah, so I was just putting logos on them as corporate mm-hmm. gifts. Mm-hmm. and then I met Alex Mondoian who that's right, that's right, that's right. Who encouraged that's right. me to preload them for people like him and others in the seminar space. And he said, can you do that? And I I didn't actually know, but I just said yes. And and knowing that I could figure it out. So he became my first client and my partner. And then he introduced me to other speakers and thought leaders in the seminar space, because at that time, everybody was selling CDs. If you Mm -hmm. offer a coaching program or a membership package, the deal in the back of the room is if you sign up today, you'll get the collection of CDs. And Alex had the foresight to see well, why be limited to CDs? Because you need to be beside your CD player. Why not put it on MP3 players? That way you can listen and learn anytime, any place. And that ironically is how I discovered Alex because I was downloading podcasts, which was a new thing at the time while walking my dog. And I was listening and learning anytime, anyplace. So mm-hmm. when he said that to me, I didn't know him at the time, but I felt like he was talking to me. And that's when, when I reached out to him and he, he said, brilliant idea. Well, actually, he, he said, you stole my idea. Brilliant. Let's be partners. I and, love that. And so we did. And he introduced me to, to people like Mark Victor Hansen and Brian Tracy and uh, T. Harv Ecker, where you may have uh, seen the preloaded uh, iPod. And so I did that for a number of years, probably my favorite pivot, as they say, Uh, since I've been a serial entrepreneur because it introduced me to all those thought leaders. And every week, a bundle of CDs was landing on my doorstep from one of these thought leaders. And not only was I transferring the content to MP3 players, but I was consuming the content. And I discovered that I was an audio learner and became a a big fan of it. And then when the iPhone came out, nobody wanted MP3 players anymore. So that uh, kind of put a stake or put a fork Mm -hmm. in that business Mm-hmm. And I p- had to pivot again and I pivoted in the wrong direction because I thought my asset at that time was this laser that I bought to mark these iPods because I was also mm-hmm. doing uh, customization and fulfillment service for, for my clients. And so I would engrave their logos and messages on mm-hmm. these iPods before I would send them out. And when that business ended, I thought this $20,000 machine was my asset. And mm-hmm. so So my pivot was into e-commerce, and I started engraving uh, iPhone pieces.
0: That's right, that's right.
1: I thought if the smartphone is killing my... i found this on the way. If the smartphone is killing my custom iPod business, I'll get into the smartphone accessory business. Mm -hmm. In hindsight, the laser was not my asset. I should have just uh, sold it off my asset, was my relationships that's with people right. in that space the thought leaders that's right and ironically just you know in the couple of last couple of months i'm starting to pivot back into that space i'm going to be doing some work with wake up audiobooks puts me that's back right. in the audio space with uh, thought leaders mm. and uh, what that is is uh, wake up audiobooks is partnering with BrainTap audio Braintap mm. Audio is brainwave technology that sits behind guided, not guided meditations, but guided visualizations. Mm. And it's kind of like it gives you the benefits of meditation, but without the work of meditation, because for somebody like me, meditation is really hard. But mm. with Braintap Audio, I can just listen to these guided visualizations and get the same uh, Get the same benefits. So what we're going to do is. So is
0: it is it kind of like a, a vision board on the move, vision board motion with the some kind of a thing that you listen to?
1: Yeah, they have uh, what they have is called bundles inside of it. They may have bundles for rest and relaxation. They may have uh, really specific bundles for different sports. I think there's a uh, a a a a cancer bundle for somebody who's in recovery to find calm and relaxation and rejuvenation so they have a lot of niche bundles inside of the brain tap environment and mm. we're creating our own niche bundle what we're taking we're taking the works of authors and summarizing famous books and then putting the brain tap technology behind it so mm-hmm. you can do some some super learning by listening to the audio books, but at the same time receive the uh, brainwave technology in the background. So on the mm-hmm. other side of listening to that twenty minutes summary, you also feel uh, calm and rejuvenated.
0: I love that. So it's like calmness, super learning on demand. Yeah. Supercharged with uh, mm-hmm. some special sauce technology that you guys have. Right? So
1: I'm, yeah, so I'm really excited about that because I've been looking for a project that actually. Provides great benefits to people. You know, I I love doing this kind of stuff because it's creative. But at the end of the day, I'm not uh, I'm not solving any problems or I'm not solving any human problems with with phone cases. It it protects your phone in a stylish way, but it's a commodity.
0: Problem. By the way, I have this really yeah, cool. Yeah, there you go. Right? Yeah. It's a it's for me. It's this is a symbolism of what warrior spirit is. So that's why I have it. But let me actually generalize that. Let me, let's actually translate what you've learned for people who are watching, for people who are listening to this, because you had said in hindsight, that wasn't my asset. My asset was my relationships. Can you, can you share with us your, like how you come to that conclusion? Because one may say, yeah, that, that capability of the laser etching technology, that machinery that you have could be an asset, but. You know, So walk us through your thinking behind it and then translate that to people who are listening to this so they can actually learn your lesson as well.
1: Yeah, well, for for me as a business owner, finding and maintaining purpose is really important. And as I kind of mentioned, I don't feel like making phone cases is a purposeful existence. And I'm 59 years old now, so for the next 10 years- No way! For the next 10 years, I want to lean into something- that is purposeful uh, mm-hmm. with phone cases or any other uh, kind of commodity product. Even the product itself isn't the, isn't the business. The business is ranking on Google or Amazon. So it almost doesn't matter what the product is. You're, you're following a formula, you're keeping up updates to that formula. And really you can put any product through that. And oh, that's we-
0: interesting. That's actually a really interesting insight. Is it just for the phone case category? Is it just e-commerce in general? Yeah. Or is it Etsy specific? Can
1: you? Yeah, well, any, any product to be found, whatever the marketplace is, or if it's your own website, the game is ranking. So you end up you know, just staring at the glowing box all day, trying to figure that out because you've got to beat your competitors. But in a space that's more service-driven or, or if you're supporting people who are providing uh, valuable human services, it's just a, a more fulfilling e- experience that knowing that, that the audio or the coaching program or whatever that is that has a human-to-human connection is, has the potential to change somebody's life. Mm. Um, phone case isn't going to
0: change anyone's life. Mm. So, so if I'm hearing you right, part of the decision tree, part of the criteria that you use is the meaning that it actually has for you. And in this case, phone cases commoditize phone cases. Don't actually change people's lives. Doesn't mean that much for you. So you wanted to. Pivot into something that's going to touch people's lives. Is that an accurate reflection of what you said?
1: Yeah, correct. Once I got into e-commerce, I realized that it wasn't uh, it wasn't fulfilling except on the on 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 the money side. And I'm not a, a money motivated uh, person. So, mm-hmm. and I think everybody at a certain age, generally over 40, is looking for a a higher measure of fulfillment that. The number of people who start nonprofits after they're 40, the number of people who go into coaching or something like that, I think exponentially increases that uh, once we're, once we're in the the second half of our life, we, we, we start to take inventory and we say, okay, what, what can I do to, to serve others and, and I think that that found me at about the same time that I, was, I, I made that business uh, decision, or maybe after uh, I made it. I took inventory and I thought, well, what, what, what else? Is there something else I could be doing that, that reaches people on a deeper level? Or how can I support those who are reaching people at a deeper level?
0: Mm, I love that. I don't know if you ever read the book called Second Mountain. No. It was written by this journalist, I believe. I can't remember his name. Basically, he, his assertion here is the first half of our life is in the pursuit of success. Mm-hmm. Money, fame, reputation, validation, all these accolades that we have on the external level. And at some point, once you achieve that, then the ego and Mike is still unsatisfied, right? It's still saying what's next. Oh, then, I, then they realize the mountain they climb the climb wasn't the thing that ultimately is going to make them successful. So ultimately, then they need to look for fulfillment, yeah. meaning what's purpose, what's, what's the purpose of their life and etc. cetera. So yeah, so that's a beautiful journey that, that you share with us. So how can we translate that to someone who's listening to this right now? They may be in the middle of a transition of their first mountain to second mountain, or they may be, in the in the fight of their of the the base level of Maslow's hierarchy of needs, hey, I need survival cash security right now don't talk to me about purpose and meaning yeah the of our life
1: I think the, just say to that the best way is to develop some kind of side hustle We all still have to pay the bills and uh, now we're in a very scarce economy. It's going to get uh, scarcer. So that still needs to come first, but there's still uh, an hour in the day or a few hours in the week for us to pursue our passion projects. And even though this has been my money maker for the last five or six years, I've never stopped uh, pursuing my passion projects, always with the intention or the understanding that that's going to open up a door. You don't always have to, to have clarity on that path. And, and, and in my case, I haven't, but I've always kept myself in that game. In the uh, last couple of years, I started the Shine Movement. That's Orange, right. Orange County, which is an event that is designed to leave people inspired. I don't make any money off of it. In fact, each event costs me uh, a little bit of money uh, out of pocket. So like the the, the silent Sponsor, But it attracts the kind of people that I want to attract that are doing big change kind of things. So just to be in that space keeps me in the game and keeps portion of my focus on that opportunity or the opportunity to come. I made a film with my son called Making Lemonade. That's like, right. This was at my own expense. But it and it told the story of three people who went from great trauma and tragedy to living lives of purpose. So, in a in a benevolently selfish way, I picked people that I wanted to model to be subjects in that film. So again, always keeping my my uh, focus in the game, even though I don't necessarily have focus. I do have focus on on staying connected to those to those kind of people. And I've tried, I probably have launched four or five different websites and and, and an app in the last couple of years, all with a, a human potential angle. And I've closed all but one of them. I'm like my own um, venture venture capital thing, you know, a venture a venture capital form is based on the premise that only one out of 20 things are going to work uh, mm-hmm. eventually, but when they do, it'll work in a big way. And so, uh, so I haven't gotten to my 20 yet, but one of these things I'm doing is going to stick in a big way. And, and maybe that's uh, wake up audio, or maybe I can, I can support them in sticking in a big way, or maybe it's, it's one of my own things, but that's kind of where I'm at
0: so let me recap what you said in between the lines perhaps sure you have this entrepreneurial creative spirit so you're constantly creating things you're clear about the space you wanted to to swim in the 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 lane you want to swim in which is the human potential component which is to make a difference with, uh, with human beings component you continually are launching new projects and And then then you also close them down when they, you don't see particular attractions in whatever. So let me concretize that a little bit. How did you pick those projects and at, at what point do you choose to close them down?
1: Yeah. The projects are sometimes based on the tools available. And then I back into, you know, how can I make this something that I'm passionate about, which I don't recommend that as a strategy, for people watching but that's just kind of my path because I love I love tools I love things that I can build now that I would have had to been a programmer a year or two to uh, a year or two ago to to do for instance the last thing I launched and I recently closed down was an app called Mojo Dojo that in that's that right. it was kind of like Instagram for mindfulness and it was it, even though it was really simple to develop based on the tool that I found, the tool was really expensive. So I needed to see some uh, immediate results or some social signals that people were really into it. And what I saw was people uh, appreciated it, but they weren't returning on a consistent basis that, a, a consistent enough basis that I could have supported it with ad revenue or a membership of, of some kind. So that only ran for about two months before I, I saw that it just what it, it it didn't have it didn't have the sticky factor that people were checking in on it every day. So I closed that down and we'll be relaunching it as a uh, as a website as a kind of a newsfeed curator aggregator in the very uh, near future. So that's that's how I do it, sometimes tool-based and not, not strategy-based. So anybody watching, I would encourage you to, to first understand what your why is, and then develop a, a strategy around that, that makes sense for, for what you can easily easily feed content into if it's, if it's out of your expertise or out of your wheelhouse, find a different way of doing it. That is easy for you because if it's not easy, it it probably won't be lasting from a content creation standpoint.
0: So pause for a second. So you mentioned two things, right? We're kind of jumping a little bit, but I think there's a common thread here. One is finding your why, what resonates for you within. Is there any kind of mental models, any processes that you can help them crystallizing what their why is? Mm. Any processes, any books, any, any resources that you can walk them through? Any questions? I, used
1: to, I used to be a brainstorming facilitator. Mm. And the real simple formula, at least the first step of the formula uh, for any brainstorming meeting was how might I? And then you fill that blank in with the problem that you're trying to solve so we can do that as individuals how might i and then look at at the problems in the world that you want to solve Mm -hmm. and so so maybe you could even extend that sentence to say how might i contribute to the solving of Mm -hmm. blank and then and then start listing out uh, bullet points give yourself a big sheet of paper and every day revisit it because if you uh, do it in multiple ses- sessions, different things will bubble up a- and emerge. So maybe give yourself a week to do that, and and try to fill that sheet up with, with with paper, and then at the end of that, review it and see which one really jumps out at you. And then and- can you give us
0: an example of how you arrived to Brain Tap. Is it how my eyes solve for anxiety? Like, can you give us some examples of that so that way it can. People can really oh, yeah. that. Uh,
1: so so my story in the in the present day is coming to understand my experience with mental conditions. I I have experienced mild depression most of my adult life, and probably more recently anxiety. So I've always wanted to serve others who are in the same state. As me, or maybe uh, worse. So I remember being at dinner a couple of uh, years ago with uh, some good friends, and one of them posed the question to all of us and said, "What, what, what, what do you want to be remembered for? How do you want to serve people moving forward?" Mm-hmm. And I blurted out, "I want to be a mental wellness advocate." And he mm-hmm. says, "Well, what does that look like?" And that challenged me to think in in those brainstorming terms. Mm-hmm. And and so my the answer to mine might be? How might I serve others who are experiencing a mental condition? Mm. And just saying that out loud or saying it to myself puts the intention out there. And then it puts uh, it puts you in a position to see things that you might not have seen before or find things or let things find you. And what found me as a result of that was I saw a post on Instagram about Uh, NAMI, which is the National Association for Mental Illness, and they were looking for Mm -hmm. volunteer speakers. So Mm -hmm. that was really my first step in fulfilling that statement that I made at that dinner. I became a speaker for them, and Mm -hmm. I speak to community groups and and hospitals and uh, other places about my unique experience with uh, a mental condition. And then that created a, a, a bit of uh, momentum. So I could, I could come back and ask that question again, like, okay, great. Thanks universe for bringing that to me. How might I, how, how might I share um, tips, strategies and tools for mental wellness and support myself with that because as i mentioned nami is a a non group and i'm a volunteer so Mm -hmm. it's a great passion project but i really want to be able to support myself with with mental uh, wellness advocacy so i can do more of it Mm -hmm. and and then you can drill down within that like okay i I also know that i love audio and i love audio learning so Mm -hmm. you can draw a a venn diagram and on this circle say Okay, how might I serve people with that experience, uh, depression, anxiety, or or insomnia, or other things? And then in that other circle, okay, how might I serve people who love audio learning? And again, just setting that intention, and then a couple of months ago, I went to a a local biohacking event that Mm -hmm. Dr. Patrick Porter was speaking at, and he's the founder of BrainTap, Mm -hmm. And... I sampled the product there, I got a free download, I did more research on it because I really enjoyed what I was hearing. Mm-hmm. And, and then once I started experiencing the benefits for myself by lis- listening to their uh, guided visualizations, I immediately contacted my friend and, Ken, and asked him, can you put me in touch with Dr. Porter, uh, my friend who hosted the event? I would love to somehow get involved. And I didn't know what that looked like uh, yet and And then, through a series of conversations, I realized that that my friend's co uh, co-founder of that property was actually developing this this side project with Dr. Porter called Wake Up Audio. His mm. name is uh, Stephen E Schmidt and and he intervened and recruited me and said, "Hey, I'm doing this with Dr. Porter, and I know you've got a background with these authors and, and audio learning. Why don't mm. you get involved uh, with me so the brainstorming exercise that I mentioned just helped me get clarity and also helped me get my radar clear on what I was hoping to see and what I was hoping to attract. So there's a little bit of, of law of attraction going on there that once, mm-hmm. I, once I set the intention, it, it kind of found me or presented itself to me.
0: Thank you for sharing that. That was a beautiful way. Like, but let's actually go a little deeper on the, on, on the, on the middle part. Because you had an outcome in mind, you, you kept going. Yes, there was a lot of attraction, but you continue to take action, you continue to explore, you follow up with people, right? You continue to go down that way. But I do want to focus on the mechanism part a little bit. Because part of the, it's not just going out and, and, and reach out to people and being networking conversations, but it, there's also a, a level of inner awareness of what your own core competencies are. So if you can talk to us about the inner awareness of your own core competencies, that would be really helpful because I think a lot of people in general, this is not just a people, this is not a, a Dan, uh, thing, but it is a generalized human thing is we are very attached to our, the labels, the identities. Oh, I used to make phone cases or I used to be a, I don't know, an audio speaker guy, right? But you were able to let that go and just explore openly on whatever that may be for you. So I'm curious to know, how did you develop that inner awareness of what your core competencies are, were?
1: Well, with the, with the brainstorming process and with those those Venn diagrams that I described, the, the second step of the process, when, after you get through uh, the first layer, how might I, and maybe that's really broad, serve others. And, mm-hmm. then, and then you write down all those things and then the, the ways that you can serve others. And maybe one of those things is events. Uh, that would be in my case. Another thing is audio learning. Then you simply ask the same question and you keep keep drilling down. How might I serve others through audio learning? And then the list might look like create my own audios, Mm -hmm. uh, partner with audio creators, Mm -hmm. uh, create a digital library. So, you know, I could keep going on and come up with a list of 10 things like that. So then pick one of those How might I partner with others? And then, you know, that list might look like, okay, research. Look at my existing relationships. And you could create another list of 10. Okay, so drill down again. How might I leverage my existing relationships? Mm -hmm. So now that forces me to do research. Okay, who am I connected to? on LinkedIn and Facebook and, and through friendships that might have assets. So just keep drilling down with that simple statement. How might I, how might I, how might I, and it's a, it's just a terrific process for, for putting a much finer point on what you're looking for and leveraging your assets at the same time because a lot of our assets are conscious but some of them are unconscious and it forces us to ask ourselves those questions to to reveal them uh, to us because on some level also we all i think suffer from from imposter syndrome mm. or or pushing down the, the assets and the skills that we have, mm-hmm. but went through that exercise and through that process, we can't deny those, those assets and those resources that we have.
0: Mm-hmm. I love a quote by Seth Godin. I think he did an interview, I believe it was with Aubrey Marcus. And he said, if you're pushing your envelope out of your comfort zone, you're always gonna have imposter syndrome. Because every if you're if you don't have imposter syndrome, that means you're you know you're you can do this. But if you know you're pushing your envelope a little bit outside your comfort zone, you always have imposter syndrome. So, but I do want to I don't want to belabor on this, but I, I do want to focus on this a little bit more. There's a there's a gradient. I mean, I can do a million things. So can you, right? We all have developed different levels of capability or something. However. There are certain skills that we're well home. We have a reputation for it. It's really our superpower. It's effortless for us. It, we have we do it at a high level, really, really high level. Versus something that's, let's say, I'm I'm right now starting to learn the ukulele. Right, <laughs> I can I can play some 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 chords. So that's that's about it. How are you able to? for you define your own superpower something that's effortless for you because and i asked this question specifically because fish swim in water and doesn't see water it's effortless for you so therefore you don't see it it's really really easy for you how are you able to in all the skill sets all the capabilities that you have identify the highest leveraged skill set in this case your relationships with these speakers
1: that's a good question, CK. I've always, on one hand, I've always had great self awareness, but on the other hand, I've always been really self critical of, of the, the skills that, that I, I've had. I, fortunately, I've been blessed with some uh, really good friends that, that recognize that, and they're always encouraging me to stop giving away the things that I should be uh, valuing, which I, I tend to do a lot, both in, in terms of my, my time. I, I tend to over volunteer and my my resources uh, consulting for free when I could be uh, getting uh, paid for free so just if you if you if you're blessed like I am to have really good and smart friends first off listen to them when they tell you you have something that is of value uh, to others and then respect what they're saying by changing that uh, a little bit and, and, and stop giving it away because it is incongruent for me to say things like, things like, I want to be a mental wellness advocate and then to, to put all this energy and effort into uh, business lines that don't uh, necessarily support that, 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 are going to be obstacles to me actually being supporting myself somehow with, with the advocacy that I, I seek. So that's, that's been the single biggest a- asset to me. And in, in, this, in this case of working- Wait, with-
0: The single biggest asset is your friends who is able to shine a mirror on you and s- tell you things that you were either ignore or you don't see. Is that what you mean?
1: Yeah. Another example of that would be my experience with, with cognitive behavioral therapy. I only had one session. Somebody reached out to me and I she's uh, a, a therapist, I think. And uh, it was at, at a time that I was experiencing some depression and I shared that with her. And, and she said, oh, why don't you come in? I'll give you a free session. And she said, but, but be prepared because it's going to be three or four hours. It's not going to be a 50 minute session. Mm-hmm. And I think what uh, she used on me was, and I don't, and used, I I, I say that kindly, I'm so grateful, but she exposed me, to, I think, to cognitive behavioral therapy, which was deconstructing uh, all the lies that I told myself. I I sat there and, and talked, and she wrote down all this stuff, and and then she challenged me about, on about 10 things that I said. And is this true? Is this really true? Is this really true? And, and she deconstructed all of those for me. And they were all lies of, of, of some measure that I just wasn't giving myself credit for. So that was what was going on, revealed a lot of what was going on in my head. And as it turns out, my friends were just doing that naturally mm-hmm. by when I would say, if they would challenge me, well, why aren't you consulting instead of giving away all your information? Mm-hmm. Uh, that was their own version of putting me through uh, cognitive behavioral therapy. And I'm, I'm so uh, lucky to have them. So for me personally, that's been, that's been my biggest asset is people holding up that mirror to me to get my, get me out of my own circular thought process on why I wasn't uh, good enough or, or worthy enough, and so whatever it takes, maybe people watching don't have uh, don't have the kind of friends or, or a therapist friend that intervenes. But how else can they can they do that uh, through joining a mastermind group, by hiring a coach? You know, a co- hiring a coach costs money, but uh, you can form your own mastermind group with people that you know, like, and respect and insist that they give you honest feedback and, and that won't cost you uh, anything. So we, as entrepreneurs, I think we have to do things like that because we all have loops that will get trapped in and that will cause us to stay in our comfort zone and not get us to that that next level that we really want. There's always that that force that's pulling us, pulling us back, pulling us down to our comfort zone. So we need an external force to help us get to that next level and beyond. Mm -hmm. So that external force can take a lot of forms. And I I know you're active in masterminds and things like that. So uh, I I would love to hear your thoughts on, you know, What external forces have, and I know you've been an entrepreneur for some time too, so what external forces might you use to get yourself out of that loop and to a different level?
0: Thank you for asking me. So I use a variety of tools. I really feel that everything that you said is is accurate around how can we essentially be honest with our internal space as well as on the external space very direct ways really have a group of people around me who is willing to show me the truth of how i show up in the world without bullshitting Mm -hmm. right but also in a space of kindness and compassion and acceptance rather than just giving it to me per se i love the quote that a friend of mine shared, he said, honesty without compassion is brutality. Because our ego mind gets reactive when someone just give it to you without permission.
1: Yeah.
0: And it goes, who the hell are you to tell me this, right? Criticisms and unsolicited feedback. What it does for me is it, 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 it's the most honest it's the most dar- direct way to face our internal truth. And it really allowed me to see what my limiting beliefs are. And at the end of the session, then I can make a judgment or make a choice of what to do with whatever I learn about myself, that the inner exploration of it, the self-discovery aspect of it, as well as the relational aspect of it, how I show up. So that's these are some of the tools or that I use personally as a way to really help me get to to see the truth internally as well as externally.
1: Yeah. And we do need those external forces to to help us. You know, thinking out of the box is a cliche, and I think when something becomes a cliche, it devalues it. But our heads are a box that we have to get out of to, to see what's going on. And in the worst case scenario, I, as I know through my experience with depression, there's also a potential for a spiral to be at the bottom of that box that will take us down. And if we don't do something, we don't have some kind of external force that's giving us a, a, a checkup that, that we could stay in that box or, or worse yet, spiral.
0: Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. And thank you for being open about how you go about doing this. But I do want to ask you specifically, what are some of the criteria that you use to select those friends or select the guy that you use or a therapist that you use? Because I would assert that, you know, it's kind of like dating, right? There is the resume, there is the dating profile, and then there is the energetic resonance once you meet the person. are like, oh, okay, it's going to be a second date, third date, etc. So similarly... What are your criteria to select your counsel, select your mastermind, select your trusted advisors?
1: Boy, that's that's uh, a good question, and I don't know that I that I have one other than uh, intuition. You know, as I've met so many people in my life, and uh, at my core, I'm a, I'm a bit of a loner, so I'm just so lucky to have such good friends. I, I noticed that. A lot of my friends. I'm from Ohio, and most of my friends are all from the Midwest—Michigan, Chicago, Pennsylvania. So I think there's again that that unique law of attraction that happens. But it just comes down to intu- intuition because you know still, the amount of things that I do, I encounter so many people, and I can't be friends with them all. So uh, you just have to really tune into tune into to that. That connection, it's it, it, that radar, that that filter, is inside of us, and that's that's the first part is recognizing that okay, I do have a connection with that person. But the second part, the part that's hard for me, is the follow up rather than just be to to people that pass, whether that's a potential friendship, a business relationship or a romantic relationship somebody still has to take action again and again and again and hopefully you're both taking action so that's dialing into your intuition and then and then uh, taking action. I've made uh, one good friend in the last year. Uh, he actually appears in the in the film that I made and his name is Scott Sargent and somebody uh, I'll say this, comically fixed us up on a paddleboard blind date uh, because he was paddling every day in Dana Point by himself and I was paddling every day in Laguna Beach. And this mutual friend knew us. He said, why don't you guys paddle together? And and so that was kind of weird because we had to call each other in the range of this, 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 this paddle time. Um, and it turned out to be so Soga, We had ended up having a lot in common, and then it took one of us or both of us to, to 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 continue to follow up to make that happen. And I've had so many missed opportunities in my life where I didn't follow up with somebody, and I'm grateful that this time I did. And I consider uh, Scott to be such a dear friend uh, today and a source of uh, inspiration. For me, so step one, intuition, and, and step two is uh, action.
0: So it's as simple as that. So one of my past guests said, Veronica, she said, I just follow what makes me feels good. Yeah. What made me feel good. So essentially, very, very similar in that way. So, so regarding the action part, though, drilling in on that, I think a lot of times the intention is there, the willingness there. And then you, you may think of the person or the people that you really want to get in touch with or develop a relationship with during Christmas time or New Year's and birthdays and things like that. But but the la- but the action is, is lacking. So do you have a, like a, a system,
1: like a technology
0: way to help you follow up?
1: No, I don't have a system, but it's, it's ironic because we live in Southern California. I think uh, Orange County has... Three million people. I don't know what LA County has, probably three times uh, as much. And we have a crisis of community in a city, in a metropolitan area of, of, of 10 million. And my friend Peter Montoya uh, does a lot of speaking about this, and he's really opened up my mind that, you know, here we are in this packed area, and we're all kind of crossing paths but we're not pausing long enough to connect. We we live in dense communities and most of us only know a few of our neighbors. I know when I grew up in Ohio you know you knew everybody on your street but we also had front porches and front yards in Ohio so it was almost impossible not to know your neighbors whereas nowadays in California we, when we socialize, we, most of us don't have front porches. Where do we go when we have a party? We go to the back of the house on a patio. And what is a patio surrounded by? A wall. So that's, that's completely counter to, and that's, those are, those are, that's Peter's teaching, so I want to give him credit for that. But I, I thought it was such a great example of the different kind of world that we live in that we can be around so many people and still be alone. So it really does require work and, and follow-up to, to make something uh, stick. And we're, we're sometimes in our comfort zones, and even though we crave companionship, relationship, and community, we just don't work hard enough at it. We have to work harder.
0: So you said earlier that you're an introvert by nature, and so am I. And and but also right now you're a community builder with the Shine Movement, right? Yeah. What are some of the how do I actually ask this question? What are some of the the new skill sets that you're learning to cultivate a community? Because I'll share it from my point of view. Everything you said earlier about relationships that's something that i wanted to cultivate myself as well i'm just not that skill at it yet and community building something that I, I intrinsically desire as well so what are some of the tactical ways to build this peer group this 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 trusted advisor group from your point of view now that you're in the process of building this shy, mo- shine movement in the orange county area
1: When I first started networking, because I had to network when I became an entrepreneur, it was so painful for me. I would go to chamber of commerce meetings and things like that. And I would be the guy on the edge of the room. And if I got lucky, I would have a conversation with another guy on the edge of the room. So I would come away from that meeting with one business card from one other introvert. And I think, I don't know if I heard it on a podcast or Uh, live at a seminar, but somebody said, "If, if you're forcing yourself to go to networking meetings, even if it's uncomfortable, don't stand on the fringe with the other introverts. Look around, find out who that super connector is, and go up and introduce yourself to that person, because that person is going to connect you to all the other people in an exponential fashion. And I thought, oh, I could at least do that and then and it, and it works too so if it so you can it's like being on a, in a bicycle race and you draft behind that person in front of you who's who's breaking down the wind resistance and then you can kind of glide through it's kind of a shortcut to mm. to networking and then years later it occurred to me that well i can be that person in the center Mm-hmm. of the room or up on the stage. I'm not an exclusive introvert. I'm a situational extrovert, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I can turn it on when I need to. And, mm-hmm. and that wasn't easy in the beginning. I had a great, I had a great mentor in Alex Mondojean who made me take a stage as a speaker way before I was ready to. I went from not speaking at all to speaking in front of 500 people. Mm -hmm. Uh, so that was that that got me over my fear of speaking uh, real fast Mm -hmm. Uh, so if we don't have a mentor like that we just have to 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 force ourselves and it can be something like starting a meetup when we're allowed to meet up in public again it can be doing what you're doing now Mm -hmm. just putting yourself out there as 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 a zoom guy Mm -hmm. Uh, the thing that we can all do and you're pretty good at this too. Uh, my superpower is curating. I, I don't know that I'll ever consider myself a thought leader. If you give me a Facebook page or put me on your screen like I am now, I'll, I'll bloviate all over the place on what I think is important. But what I'm really good at is curating information. And, and people for live events or in the case of the film to speak on on video and we can all do that Mm. so you don't have to be a thought leader to lift up other thought leaders and that's what I do with the shine events and that's what I do with the film and that's what I'll do on my next online property so that's the way that an introvert can put themselves in the middle of that wheel and be a hub instead of a spoke is curating information. And then, and then that curation process, you're just filling up your brain with all this, this, this great information and eventually you'll find your own voice and uh, just through the combination of, of hearing philosophies and teachings of others and it'll, it'll get easier in time for you to, to, to do things like we're doing now.
0: Yeah. 100% agree, my friend. Let me just do a quick recap and then I'll ask a follow-up question. So what you've said so far is, well, first understanding your why and, and then continue to ask the questions using a brainstorming method that you've used of how can I, how can I, how can I? And then and in the process, identify your core superpower, your core competencies. And if you can't, you don't have that self-awareness, find trusted advisors, masterminds who can actually help you see what you don't see, what your superpowers are, and also what your limiting beliefs are, yeah. right? And in the process, as you develop your own awareness of what your superpowers may be, and, and then put yourself in a situation where you can be the center, right? The, the hub, all the connections who could potentially benefit from this particular mechanism, this particular superpower that you have. Is that a pretty good recap of what you shared so far?
1: CK, that's a great recap. And it's a, also a great example of what I described earlier by having a friend like you who can break that down. I, I, I come into a meeting like this not thinking that I have a, a philosophy necessarily, a strategy, a step-by-step process, but by you being that reflector and just reeled off like five things that i said that could be used in a consecutive order so so you're giving me a, a dose of uh, cognitive behavioral therapy right now by, uh, <laughs> by revealing that yeah i do have a step-by-step process you
0: do there's a <laughs> curriculum yeah for sure <laughs> and and also the inner game that we didn't actually quite cover on this 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 episode today is the inner game component because throughout the process There is a, well, one, the the inner awareness of, hey, I want to do this thing no matter what. So I'm going to continue to create things and I'm going to step up even when I don't feel like I'm ready. So for example, when Alex Mondozian say, hey, let's partner up. I don't know how to do it. Yes. (laughs) Or Alex Mondozian said, hey, I'm going to put you on stage. I'm not a speaker. Okay, I'm going to do it anyway. There's that warrior spirit aspect of it. You're going to do it even if you quote unquote don't feel like you're quite ready yet. Is that an accurate, again, reflection of what you, the journey that you went through?
1: And that's a two-step process is when when the opportunity reveals itself, you have to say yes, even if you're uncomfortable. And then after that, you have to keep saying yes or develop your own mechanism to keep doing that thing. Because the resistance is still inside of you. There's still a part of you that says, this is uncomfortable. I want to stop doing it. And when I started doing video online, the first time I did a two-minute video, it literally took me four hours. And nowadays, when I do a two-minute video, it literally takes me two minutes. Uh, because oh, one shot. There's yeah. no
0: prep that amazing i'm looking forward to that day my friend
1: yeah in the the (laughs) beginning there was that voice in my head that said this has to be perfect this doesn't feel right and Mm. the more i did it the more that voice went away it was as if that voice said "Shit, he's not going to stop so i might as well stop that 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 the only way to defeat that that voice that we all have that wants to hold us back is to power through it. And eventually that voice will disappear, whether it's speaking from a stage, whether it's doing online videos, whether it's doing uh, something like this, you know, the idea of this uh, makes people, make some people feel wildly uncomfortable. And to them, I would say, okay, then that means do it and then, and keep doing it if it's going to further your mission.
0: Can you give us something? So, so, If I'm someone watching this, I want to be more public. I want to be more prominent. I want to demonstrate more thought leadership. And I'm in with you, Dan. But what do I do? You know, so can you give them some tactical steps that they can take to, well, one, overcome their inner resistance and also two, just show up and share whatever they want to share?
1: Yeah, a couple of thoughts. First, when events come back, um, I know you and I are lifelong learners, and we I know I attend a lot of events, and you probably do too. So in the event environment, when they come back, be that person that sits in the front row, and then be that person who's, whenever they ask for a volunteer, your your hand shoots up, even though it's uncomfortable. That will not only... Help you with that resistance that you're that may be common, but it's also going to connect you with with more people in the room because once you engage with the speaker or the trainer, then you'll be more approachable. So it'll just make your experience that much better. In the online world, I would say it, it it's it, it's doing video. Like I said, most people it's way out of their comfort zone. So start small, start just getting comfortable with the technology first. So you've got FaceTime on your phone, you've got, you've got video messenger on Facebook, you all, you've got all these mechanisms just to practice with video. So just doing this and wishing somebody a happy birthday, that gets you comfortable with the technology. So just get in the habit, especially when in these times of isolation, just turn on your video camera every day and send somebody a one-to-one message. And that starts training your brain that video isn't something to be feared. And that is a zero risk environment when you send your mom a message or when you send a friend a message no one is going to criticize you for doing that in fact just the opposite they're going to be so grateful because no one is getting video video messages these days or i shouldn't say no one but very few so it it when you start getting that feedback you're going to start feeling good about video and then the next step is, so that's one-to-one and then the next step is once you're comfortable just talking into the camera and you, you get comfortable on the angle, this angle is better than this angle, it's more flattering. So, so <laughs> hold, hold the can, and this is important to a lot of people, especially as you, you, you get older, you know, I, I at fifty nine, I've got these circles under my eyes. I and I could improve the lighting if I wanted to, and, and oh man, and that would uh, make me look. I, I'm not as worried about it as as I am when I first started. I could I could open up a, a, a light. See see when I do this, uh, I look a little bit better.
0: Yeah yeah yeah.
1: Uh, so so all this stuff gets it gets in our head. So by practicing, when you're sending these messages, practice a little bit with the lighting. Always, you know hold the camera a little bit higher, do it near a, a window so you get all this wonderful glow or ambient light or even doing it from your car outside gives you kind of light from all angles that makes you look the best you can be on camera. If you're doing it above fluorescent light, you're gonna look yellow and sickly. So all these little things, so, so experiment with, with lighting and positioning and background while you're doing these one-on-one videos. And then once you get comfortable with, I like, oh, this is the best I can look on video, then start putting out content just with, you know, d- d- oh, it has to be a minute. I see a lot of people do re- these, these long uh, videos. I don't know that people are watching them to the end. I hope people are watching this interview to the end. But that's different because a dialogue is much more interesting than a monologue. Mm-hmm. So if you're doing a monologue into a camera, just just do one for a minute. And guess what? You don't have to be an expert to even do it. You can be a conversation starter. Uh, You can simply ask a question because uh, as Alex would tell me, a question mark is more powerful than the explanation point. And all you have to do is say, I was really giving a lot of thought about immunity and the relationship between food and immunity today. So... So my Facebook followers, I want to ask you, please, below, tell me what you think the number one immunity booster is that we can be consuming each day with our food choices. And now you just, now you're a content curator. You don't have to be an expert to ask a question and then just watch. And people love to be asked questions. And and on, on Facebook, the more action you get, in those comments, the more Facebook will show it to more people. So actually asking a question is a much better content strategy than answering a question on Facebook, Mm. but you should do a mix of both.
0: Mm -hmm. I love that. Thank you so much for walking us through it. Do you, do you mind standing on for a few more minutes? I
1: don't don't have many plans this this week.
0: (laughs) Well, thank you for being here. Okay. So, Switching topic a little bit. So say someone is following all this strategy, they found their voice, they found their direction, they're starting their business in 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 service of their purpose in life. Yeah, they, they have doubled down on their core competencies. They're now doing videos more. So let's switch gear a little bit. On a professional level, everything is going virtual right now. The virtualization of delivering of service, delivering of content. What does this impact the events business the from your point of view as a community builder of the shy movement in orange county as well as um the enabler the the yeah i think that's probably a good way to articulate the enabler of these speakers who's a huge part of the revenue stream is live events right so from these two points of view How would you say the evolution or the disruption of the events business due to coronavirus?
1: Well, I had been given this a lot of thought even before the virus, because I I do love events and trying to figure out how to expand the reach of events and was looking at a bunch of platforms on broadcasting events live. So I thought about providing the service of just uh, showing up uh, at events with or, or partnering with the events to show up with my video equipment and say, "Hey, can we broadcast the event live?" And if we're selling tickets, there could be a, a revenue share. And in my research, I did just did not see any case studies of people doing that successfully. So I put that on pause, and then the virus came along. What what this situation is doing for us? or towards that idea is conditioning us to consume long format content Mm. way. So in another two months, people are going to be very comfortable with consuming content remotely. Mm. And it doesn't mean they're not going to show up for events. I still think they'll show up to events in a big way. There's going to be all this pent up demand and need to reconnect with people in the community. But Mm. every event now has the opportunity to broadcast, not just to that local audience in the room, Mm. but to a worldwide audience. Mm. uh, Because now we will have two months of consuming content, long format content online. So people will be much more likely to sit down and watch an event if the content delivers what they need at the moment than they would have been just a few weeks ago.
0: Mm. Okay. So let's actually make it a little bit more personal. So it's so what I've observed so far, there's a huge upspike of uh, DJ sets, virtual DJ sets, musicians type of things, yeah. right? People love to be entertained. But, and then people obviously love Joe Rogan, right? He's very entertaining. He's very informative. The people that interview are very informative. And hopefully, right, this kind of conversation, the noble warrior life experience will be leaning towards that as well. But talking heads oftentimes really hard to capture people's attention span. So the goal is to, to make it valuable, you know, to tease out mental models that they can, and then also actionable tactics that entrepreneurs can can go out and apply, so it's not just two dudes talking whatever, yeah. which is okay too, you know, but I don't mind that, but I wanted to make it more valuable that way so someone who's listening they're in the expert space any tactical advice for them to make their live make their videos more valuable
1: that's a great question CK so and I think the answer is how do you make it engaging. It's not enough just to put a camera up at a live event. You may get some incremental eyeballs but if you if you want to build out your property that way, it's a matter of being aware that that audience is there. And as I mentioned before the, the question mark is more powerful than the exclamation point. so you know if you're just shouting your expertise from the stage that's, that's good. But what's better is pausing every once in a while and saying, what do you guys think? What is w- about that? And, and phrasing it in an engaging question mm-hmm. and using a platform that has a comment stream. You know, usually mm-hmm. it's it's on the right-hand side. That's why I'm putting my hand there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it's a, a live version of, say, a Facebook post where people are, are populating it with their comments. So that's, that's a way of making it sticky and keep people from, from just putting the video on in the background and continuing to surf the web. So now they're, they're kind of mindlessly consuming the content. But if you keep them leaning forward metaphorically and on the edge of their seat, if they know that they're going to be asked a question every mm. once in a while, and especially if they know they're going to be recognized. Mm. I remember years ago when teleseminars were a thing, and, and I would be listening to this learning material knowing it was live, and they could see who pre-registered and then who showed up. Mm. And the smarter ones would always mention people's names at the beginning. And I would get so excited when I knew this guy – or a woman you know, halfway across the world would mention my name. And mm. just little things like that to, to, to make it a, a more intimate experience mm. is what, what people, what thought leaders and trainers and speakers need to do from the front of the room when they start simulcasting their oh. events. Don't, don't just put a camera up, but create elements of engagement uh, to keep people uh, who are watching at home leaning forward.
0: Yeah. So, you know, a lot of n- known speakers, Harve Eckers, Alex Mondozian, Mark Victor hansom Chicken Soup with Soul. So, I'm curious to know if have you seen them making any moves to do virtual seminars? Be like, hey, how many of you? So, make it super engaging. I know they've kind of been going that direction already, but now that everyone is on Zoom, everyone is on Be Live. Have you seen them making any kind of moves to do virtual seminars
1: that way? Oh, I think everybody's probably strategizing by now. So it's a really good time. It's a really good time to to watch. And not only watch, but be watch consciously. If If you're somebody who wants to do this and wants to do it well in the future, just make notes of, okay, why... I just sat and watched CK and Dan for an hour. What was a what was it about that that made it compelling that I can replicate? Mm. Uh, or if you're watching music or DJ sets online, I I belong to a group called Socially Distant Fest, and. And the algorithm has recognized that real quickly. I mean, my personal algorithm, that every time a new musician jumps on there, Facebook shows it to me. Mm. Um, and and some of those musicians, I just watch for two seconds. It's uncompelling. I don't mm. think about why. And then the next one, I'll, I maybe watch for, for five or, or 10 minutes. Mm. So if I were a musician, I would sit back and say, okay, what what was the difference there? Why did I why did I tune this one out after a couple of seconds and I watched this one for, for 10 seconds? It may have been the music, it, it, it may have been the fact that that singer-songwriter told me a story in addition to the music. It mm-hmm. may have been aesthetics, maybe the lighting was was much better, maybe the audio was much clearer. So if if somebody is thinking about doing virtual seminars, monitor your own viewing habits like okay what what made that one more engaging than the the one i watched this morning and then uh, model and replicate it
0: Mm, i love that thank you what about the monetization aspect of it because i actually have seen a lot of djs musicians offering their beautiful gifts to the world and I, i my heart goes out to them at the same time i also know that a lot of streamers are figuring out ways to supplement their income, giving that these life events revenue totally went away because they can't perform anymore in person. So they're trying to figure out. Do they use Patreons do they use? Have you seen any successful ways to monetize their content, their offering, their gifts, their performance?
1: Oh, I would say it, it's, it's not necessarily about that, that moment to get five bucks off of via Venmo or PayPal, and that's what I see almost everybody doing in the in the music space. The bigger opportunity is to create a list. If somebody is is watching you for five minutes on Facebook and then they leave, they may never see you again. So. I think it's okay to have a passive call to action. If you want to donate, here's my venue, my Venmo. But I think the bigger call of action is I would really like to get you on my email list. So when we get back to normal, you know where I'm going to be performing or when I release a new single, you know, when that's going to happen, or at least like my Facebook page and I don't see enough people Uh, doing that the internet marketers are savvy enough uh, to do that because in in human psychology people really need to hear something five seven nine even more times before they actually purchase that's why we're inundated with the same advertisements in in public and on tv they know that if you only see one message that you're likely to forget it five seconds later. And that's why that's why smart marketers have email lists. That's why smart marketers are putting out contest content every day. And sometimes it's it seems redundant or similar, but they're trying to get to that point of five, seven, or nine, because that's where the purchase is made or that's where the donation is made. Not the first time, but if if it's just one and done, you miss the opportunity to to get that five dollars if you're a musician or that 997 if you're a strategic coach
0: Mm. yeah i'll make it personal so one of the things that i'm doing right now is uh, podcasts can be very long right it's a long form content sometimes we go for an hour and a half sometimes you know up to two hours even so not a lot of people The audio learners, the super learners love to extract and and integrate and into their, you know, so I would listen to a lot of long form contents at 2X speed as a way to just incorporate into my mental models, how I look at the world. Anyways, my way of attracting people to say, hey, yes, I want to be a part of this is by offering an action guide, show notes. I call them CK notes. So that way they can immediately get uh, Cliff Notes or CK Notes on some of the, the key takeaway, the mental models, actional steps that Dan has so generously offered with us. So then don't necessarily have to listen to an hour and a half, hour, hour intimate conversation. Um, beautiful, my friend. So, is there any idea, uh, ideations of how you want to go about with the shy movement in Orange County?
1: Well, the the shine movement is 100% volunteer supported. And Mm. I'm the the chief volunteer. So I can only do those when I have time to. Mm. And I can't wait to do one in the fall, when all of this is behind us, because I think there'll be a lot of pent up energy of people wanting to, to reconnect and, and be inspired. So you don't
0: plan to do it any virtual ones
1: no uh shine is not my property i went to a shine movement event in los angeles Mm -hmm. Uh, light watkins is the founder and like me other people have been exposed to it and then taken it to other places like london and new york and miami Mm -hmm. and i'm just the guy that Halfway through, looked at my friend who took me there and said, I'm gonna bring it to Orange County. And I contacted Light a few days later and said, I would like to bring this to Orange County. So so that's the extent of my relationship I with see. he said yes. And then it's it's a loosely based model that says, Here's the blueprint, go forth and and shine on and 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 there's no uh, real reporting or oversight i just get to do with it uh, what i like as long as i keep it within the the uh, the intent mm. uh, so so i can only do that when i can do that and uh, so my my bigger projects are wake up audio books mm. with brain tap and i'll be launching the humans for happiness which is, is going to be the next incarnation of Mojo Dojo. Uh, that's going to be be my website to, to, to feature. I'm kind of, kind of buzzfeed it this time. I'm going to have interactive quizzes and videos and celebrity news all around health.
0: What's your intention there with Humans for happiness? I'm curious.
1: Humans for happiness is really a consolidation of, of all my passion projects. Which include media like video mm-hmm. and and film. I'm a content creator and I'm collecting stories from people that'll be inspiring uh, to other people. I also just love curating and sharing content that I find um, out there in the world and and repurposing it into quizzes and mm-hmm. and content that I think will be. Uh, more interactive and fun than the original content creators maybe Mm -hmm. intended. So it is another one of my passion projects that I I hope to turn into something that, that benefits me as well. Again, wanting to do to do more good and can only do more good if I can self-support with some of these projects and whether that looks like an advertising model or a membership model Mm. humans for happiness will eventually uh, lean into that. Mm. Uh, And, uh, but also reflective of my particular style, which is ready fire aim that I don't always have, the strat, I don't always lead with the strategy. I kind of put it out there based on the tools and passion my plug, passion my, plugging my passion into the tools mm-hmm. and waiting for the, the monetization or the business model to reveal itself, which I don't recommend for anybody watching, but it's what's, what, what works for me.
0: Mm. So Dane Maxwell, he is an author, an entrepreneur, and a marketer as well. He recently released a book called Start From Zero. And I love that he articulated it so clearly. He said a lot of entrepreneurs are very attached to what the outcome is. But ultimately, whatever shows up, whether it's a success, whether it's a failure, whether it worked, whether it didn't work, it's the, the market would speak for itself. Yeah. So I love the fact that you just put it out there, put your offering out there, and then see what the market will respond with.
1: Well, I'm a, I'm a great starter, not always a great finisher, but for me to become a a finisher, I I put it out there and then I wait and see how the market reacts or I, I, I I should call them people, not not how, how humans react. And then is there an adjustment that I can make based on the feedback that I'm giving? Is there a series of adjustments, uh, that I make that will get me across the, the finish line? And if I don't see those, uh, those social signals, then I'll, I'll move on to the next project.
0: Well, I mean, as, a, as someone who admires your work, your sense of humor, I'm, I'm in that humans of happiness. I appreciate the content that you curated. I appreciate the, 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 the little different points of view that you offer. If I were to make a bold statement, I would say that, especially at a time like this, people really want that uplift of emotionality, the positivity, the optimism. So I think no better time than now that we, all of us need more of, uh, you know, happiness in the world. So thank you for doing everything that you do.
1: Thank you, Kay. And that was a, that was a conscious decision once I saw what was coming that, okay, there's, you know, there are a lot of people that there's several archetypes kind of on social media and, and, and Facebook. There's the, the reporters of, Mostly negative news. There's the empaths. There's the conspiracy theorists, and and I decided that you know I wanted to be the, the the person that was that was sharing the lighter stuff and and the inspirational stuff.
0: So, if you don't mind sharing a little bit about the mental health component, so someone who's listening to this, yes, go try Brain, brain tap for sure, but if they either are not able to or not ready to. What is something that they could do to move towards that inner awareness, that inner calmness, that inner peace?
1: Sure. I can, I can share two things that I've been doing religiously in the last year. First off is grounding. Mm-hmm. I live a block away from Laguna Beach. Unfortunately, we're not allowed to go to the beach right now. They put uh, fencing up that prevents that. But I was going down there every day, uh, taking my shoes off, doing some stretching on the beach, and some walking, I learned through a movie called Earthing, the importance of grounding each day, which is connecting with Mother Earth without any footwear on, whether it's the grass, the dirt, the sand, that there's an ionic exchange that happens, that we're missing, that Native cultures still have, and our ancestors have. But around the time that we started creating rubber-soled shoes and put flooring and concrete everywhere that we lost our connection with the earth. And when I was exposed to this film called Earthing by a man named Clint Ober, and I tried it for myself, and I've been a, a lifelong insomniac, which in part contributes to uh, the depression that I've experienced. If, mm. if I'm always exhausted, it, it's hard to have mental balance. Mm. Uh, and as soon as I started grounding just 20 minutes a day, I noticed that I was sleeping better. And, mm. and it doesn't cost anything. Even if you, even under these circumstances, we can go outside front of the house, back of the house, a park a block away and take our shoes off and connect mm to the earth for 20 minutes. And I challenge anybody who's, who struggles with insomnia to try that and, and come back and let me know if, if you're sleeping uh, better. And it also claims to have the benefits of reduced inflammation, reduced anxiety, and, and things like that. But just just forcing yourself to stop for 20 minutes and, and connecting with the earth, even if it's the placebo effect, it's still... Mm-hmm benefiting you because you you had to stop and just pause and and that just pausing for 20 minutes has its benefits so that's that's the first thing the second thing is brain tap is subscription based so it does cost uh something if you if you don't want to take on a subscription that's fine there's so much content out there whether it is podcasts whether it is YouTube. Sometimes I, I turn on a, a YouTube video just for the audio content, and I'll walk through the streets uh, uh, listening to that because I know uh, it has what I want. An example of that would be, I discovered, uh, I discovered the science of frequencies in, in the last year. Mm. So there, each, each frequency has a different... Benefit. I'll just take one, for example, that I know off the top of my head. 432 hertz Mm -hmm. is a healing frequency. Don't ask me to explain the science of it. I've looked into it. Uh, I don't remember it, but I remember thinking this is really powerful stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, And if you go on to YouTube or you go on to SoundCloud Mm -hmm. and you plug in just 432 hertz, and that's H Z, mm-hmm. all this free music will be revealed to you that has these embedded cone tones in the background. And so on my walks to the beach or on my walks around town now or just to the park, I will I will download or, or live stream things that say 432 hertz, knowing that it has this embedded frequency and and so people can do that for free and if you want to want to do more research on that just google something like 432 hertz and other frequencies and an article somewhere will explain to you that this frequency does this this frequency does that and it just there's a really neat science uh, behind Mm -hmm. it. it and it's out there for free.
0: Do you do a uh, little ecstatic dancing with th- 4:32 <laughs> uh, while, while you're doing some grounding exercises in the morning?
1: Well, no, I don't do any dancing. But th- dancing w- before they closed the beach, I, I started. I started doing some running uh, back and forth. This 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 beach that I go to is maybe 600 or 800 uh, yards wide, and I started plug- I would I would do something like. HZ music techno just so it had a a big rhythmic pulse to it and I was running to that music and I would run I would run forwards and then I would turn and and run sideways and then I would run backwards and then I would run uh, run sideways facing the ocean. So it was my own form of dancing. And if anybody up on the bluff was watching, I'm sure they got a big kick out of this six foot two guy running in the surf sideways to this pulsating music.
0: Mm. So Dan, we cover a lot of things today in the last hour and a half. Thank you so much for your generosity. We cover finding your why. We cover your brainstorming process. We cover ways to discover your core competencies, superpowers, your unique assets. We cover, what else? We cover video, right? There's specific tactical things to get on video, overcoming your inner resistance, sharing in one minute, asking questions. We cover uh, the events business, potentially to, amplify our message through Facebook live and things like this as well as some monetization models perhaps, and we cover grounding. So we cover a wide spectrum of things for someone who is in search of more certainty right now in this uncertain time out of everything that you share so far, what's one thing that they could do in just, if, if they leave with this one thing, they can find more certainty in their life out of everything that you shared. You can you just highlight that one thing?
1: Well, CK, first, I have no idea how you just did that off the top of your head. So that recap is is your superpower and you're a great interviewer. So I hope you continue doing these and do doing more of these. And I appreciate you sharing your gift today. As for... For the answer, I would say uh, some form of meditation or visualization. You know, it's it's easy to get lost in social media right now. I'm sure we're watching uh, a lot of TV. A lot of us are confined to our houses with a lot of family members. So uh, we have no time really for for quiet time, um, for reflection. So whether it's meditation or guided visualization or just some calm music, we've got to find those 20 minutes a day somehow. And if you can be in your bare feet and somehow connected with the earth, even better. So that's, I think that's what is needed more now than ever. And not, not only this week, but It looks like for the next uh, 60 days you got to find that uh, that 20 minutes a day in that place Uh, you know it's uh, like George Costanza's uh, father serenity now we need those uh, we need those 20 minutes a day
0: yeah I would say following on that if you want outer peace if you want outer certainty you got to find inner certainty first and I think meditation is a really great way to ground yourself so that way we can go out and create things out of certainty rather than create things from uncertainty, the internal uncertainty ourselves. Yeah. So that's a beautiful place to stop. Hey, Dan, I thank you so much for sharing so generously with your story, with your, with your curriculum and, 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 and the willingness to just to dance with me in this, in this conversation. Thank you so much for, for being here with us today.
1: Thank you, uh, CK, and we didn't get to dive into uh, much what you're doing these days. So, anybody who happens to be watching on my channel, can you do us all a favor? And what 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 is your call to action? What are you uh, leaning into these days that people can benefit from?
0: Oh, me? Yeah. Oh, thank you. So, I'm doing Facebook Live every day with entrepreneurs. So that's, that's one thing as a way to contribute to the greater world. I think for me, my mission right now is to provide decision framework such that people can make correct decisions and, and eliminate mistakes they do in the world. And so a lot of the questions that I ask is a way to tease out how we can all make better decisions, especially for entrepreneurs, especially for leaders during this time. So... So if you want some of these frameworks that I am putting together, if you go to cklan.com forward slash certainty, then you'll find some of these curriculums that I put together.
1: And that's C K L A M, right?
0: Cklan.com forward slash All
1: right. certainty. Very good. Well, thanks for sharing that. And uh, thanks for asking me to join you today.
0: It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much.